section forty part two chapter four continued of the four horsemen of the apocalypse by vicente blasco ibanez translated by charlotte brewster jordan this librivox recording is in the public domain so strongly was julio impressed that for a little while he forgot the purpose which had brought him thither if those who provoke war from diplomatic chambers or from the tables of the military staff could but see it not in the field of battle fired with the enthusiasm which prejudices judgments but in cold blood as it is seen in the hospitals and cemeteries in the wrecks left in its trail to julio's imagination this terrestrial globe appeared like an enormous ship sailing through infinity its crews poor humanity had spent century after century in exterminating each other on the deck they did not even know what existed under their feet in the hold of the vessel to occupy the same portion of the surface in the sunlight seemed to be the ruling desire of each group men considered superior human beings were pushing these masses to extermination in order to scale the last bridge and hold the helm controlling the course of the boat and all those who felt the overmastering ambition for absolute command knew the same thing nothing not one of them could say with certainty what lay beyond the visible horizon nor whither the ship was drifting the sullen hostility of mystery surrounded them all their life was precarious necessitating incessant care in order to maintain it yet in spite of that the crew for ages and ages had never known an instant of agreement of teamwork of clear reason periodically half of them would clash with the other half they killed each other that they might enslave the vanquished on the rolling deck floating over the abyss they fought that they might cast their victims from the vessel filling its wake with cadavers and from the demented throng there were still springing up gloomy sophistries to prove that a state of war was the perfect state that it ought to go on forever that it was a bad dream on the part of the crew to wish to regard each other as brothers with a common destiny enveloped in the same unsteady environment of mystery ah human misery julio was drawn out of these pessimistic reflections by the childish glee which many of the convalescents were evincing some were mussulmans sharpshooters from algeria and morocco in Lourdes, as they might be anywhere they were interested only in the gifts which the people were showering upon them with patriotic affection they all surveyed with indifference the basilica inhabited by the white lady their only preoccupation being to beg for cigars and sweets finding themselves regaled by the dominant race they became greatly puffed up daring everything like mischievous children what pleased them most was the fact that the ladies would take them by the hand blessed war that permitted them to approach and touch these white women perfumed and smiling as they appeared in their dreams of the paradise of the blessed 
lady lady they would sigh looking at them with dark sparkling eyes and not content with the hand their dark paws would venture the length of the entire arm while the ladies laughed at this tremulous adoration others would go through the crowds offering their right hand to all the women we touch hands and then they would go away satisfied after receiving the hand-clasp desnoyers wandered a long time around the basilica where in the shadow of the trees were long rows of wheeled chairs occupied by the wounded officers and soldiers rested many hours in the blue shade watching their comrades who were able to use their legs the sacred grotto was resplendent with the lights from hundreds of candles devout crowds were kneeling in the open air fixing their eyes in supplication on the sacred stones whilst their thoughts were flying far away to the fields of battle making their petitions with that confidence in divinity which accompanies every distress among the kneeling mass were many soldiers with bandaged heads kepis in hand and tearful eyes up and down the double staircase of the basilica were flitting women clad in white with spotless headdresses that fluttered in such a way that they appeared like flying doves these were the nurses and sisters of charity guiding the steps of the injured desnoyers thought he recognized marguerite in every one of them but the prompt disillusion following each of these discoveries soon made him doubtful about the outcome of his journey she was not in lourdes either he would never find her in that france so immeasurably expanded by the war that it had converted every town into a hospital his afternoon explorations were no more successful the employees listened to his interrogations with a distraught air he could come back again just now they were taken up with the announcement that another hospital train was on the way the great battle was still going on near paris they had to improvise lodgings for the new consignment of mutilated humanity in order to pass away the time until his return desnoyers went back to the garden near the grotto he was planning to return to pau that night there was evidently nothing more to do at lourdes in what direction should he now continue his search suddenly he felt a thrill down his back the same indefinable sensation which used to warn him of her presence when they were meeting in the gardens of paris marguerite was going to present herself unexpectedly as in the old days without his knowing from exactly what spot as though she came out of the earth or descended from the clouds after a second's thought he smiled bitterly mere tricks of his desire illusions upon turning his head he recognized the falsity of his hope nobody was following his footsteps he was the only being going down the centre of the avenue near him in the diaphanous white of a guardian angel was a nurse poor blind man desnoyers was passing on when a quick movement on the part of the white-clad woman an evident desire to escape notice to hide her face by looking at the plants attracted his attention he was slow in recognizing her two little ringlets escaping from the band of her cap made him guess the hidden head of hair the feet 
shod in white were the signs which enabled him to reconstruct the person somewhat disfigured by the severe uniform her face was pale and sad there wasn't a trace left in it of the old vanities that used to give it its childish doll-like beauty in the depths of those great dark circled eyes life seemed to be reflected in new forms marguerite they stared at one another for a long while as though hypnotized with surprise she looked alarmed when desnoyers advanced a step toward her no no her eyes her hands her entire body seemed to protest to repel his approach to hold him motionless fear that he might come near her made her go toward him she said a few words to the soldier who remained on the bench receiving across the bandage on his face a ray of sunlight which he did not appear to feel then she rose going to meet julio and continued forward indicating by a gesture that they must find some place further on where the wounded man could not hear them she led the way to a side path from which she could see the blind man confided to her care they stood motionless face to face desnoyers wished to say many things many but he hesitated not knowing how to frame his complaints his pleadings his endearments far above all these thoughts towered one fatal dominant and wrathful who is that man the spiteful accent the harsh voice with which he said these words surprised him as though they came from someone else's mouth the nurse looked at him with her great limpid eyes eyes that seemed forever freed from contractions of surprise or fear her response slipped from her with equal directness it is laurier it is my husband laurier julio looked doubtfully and for a long time at the soldier before he could be convinced that blind officer motionless on the bench that figure of heroic grief was laurier at first glance he appeared prematurely old with roughened and bronzed skin so furrowed with lines that they converged like rays around all the openings of his face his hair was beginning to whiten on the temples and in the beard which covered his cheeks he had lived twenty years in that one month at the same time he appeared younger with a youthfulness that was radiating an inward vigor with the strength of a soul which has suffered the most violent emotions and firm and serene in the satisfaction of duty fulfilled can no longer know fear as desnoyers contemplated him he felt both admiration and jealousy he was ashamed to admit the aversion inspired by the wounded man so sorely wounded that he was unable to see what was going on around him his hatred was a form of cowardice terrifying in its persistence how pensive were marguerite's eyes if she took them off her patient for a few seconds she had never looked at him in that way he knew all the amorous gradations of her glance but her fixed gaze on this injured man was something entirely different something that he had never seen before he spoke with the fury of a lover who discovers an infidelity and for this you have run away without warning without a word you have abandoned me in order to go in search of him tell me why did you come why did you come i came because it was my duty then she spoke like a mother who takes advantage of a parenthesis of surprise in an irascible child's temper 
in order to counsel self-control and explained how it had all happened she had received the news of laurier's wounding just as she and her mother were preparing to leave paris she had not hesitated an instant her duty was to hasten to the aid of this man she had been doing a great deal of thinking in the last few weeks the war had made her ponder much on the values in life her eyes had been getting glimpses of new horizons our destiny is not mere pleasure and selfish satisfaction we ought to take part in pain and sacrifice she had wanted to work for her country to share the general stress to serve as other women did and since she was disposed to devote herself to strangers was it not natural that she should prefer to help this man whom she had so greatly wronged there still lived in her memory the moment in which she had seen him approach the station completely alone among so many who had the consolation of loving arms when departing in search of death her pity had become still more acute on hearing of his misfortune a shell had exploded near him killing all those around him of his many wounds the only serious one was that on his face he had completely lost the sight of one eye and the doctors were keeping the other bound up hoping to save it but she was very doubtful about it she was almost sure that laurier would be blind marguerite's voice trembled when saying this as if she were going to cry although her eyes were tearless they did not now feel the irresistible necessity for tears weeping had become something superfluous like many other luxuries of peaceful days her eyes had seen so much in so few days how you love him exclaimed julio fearing that they might be overheard and in order to keep him at a distance she had been speaking as though to a friend but her lover's sadness broke down her reserve no i love you i shall always love you the simplicity with which she said this and her sudden tenderness of tone revived desnoyers hopes and the other one he asked anxiously upon receiving a reply it seemed to him as though something had just passed across the sun veiling its light temporarily it was as though a cloud had drifted over the land and over his thoughts enveloping them in an unbearable chill i love him too End of section forty.